Welcome to the Stockouts. Um, hope everyone's having a good Friday. Um, I'm Mike Bowden Distal of Freight Waves, um, market expert here and analyst at, uh, at Freight Waves. Uh, follow the rail industry closely. I'm also do a lot of the writing for uh, the Passport uh, Research Group. Um, so this week, um, we'll be talking about some high-level trends that are impacting the CPG companies um, on the show about CPG companies and their supply chains, um, which include uh, the, the widespread issue of the U.S. Uh, birth rate continuing to plummet, hitting new lows, uh, you know, in the past year, we got new data out, out on that, you know, this week. And then a number of CPG companies reported earnings this week. I'll start to give some of a, a rundown on, on some of those uh, reports. I'm still going through them uh, myself. We've seen some, you know, stock, uh, you know, volatility on some of the, um, you know, widely followed uh, names here. Um, but first, uh, before I do that, a word from our sponsor, uh, Echo Global Logistics. Trust the experts at Echo Global Logistics for all your freight transportation and CPG shipping needs. Whether you are a Fortune 100 CPG company or specialty food manufacturer, Echo has solutions to fit your needs. With their dedicated team, as well as Echo Ship, a self-service shipping portal, allowing you to quote, book, ship, and track, Echo has you covered. Technology at your fingertips and experts by your side, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to find out how Echo can simplify your transportation management, please visit www.echo.com forward slash CPG today. So big thanks from Echo Global Logistics. And with that, I'll uh, launch into um, you know my topic of the week. And I think this is, is something that uh, has huge implications for CPG. And I'll sort of walk through this. Um, sort of the data came out you know, this week on U.S. birth rates. And um, you know what's taken place in the in the past in the past year. So the the, the 2020 you know birth rate was um, you know down four percent. The number of births were down four percent, three point six one million in, in in 2020. So down four percent from from 2019. And um, this was actually the lowest uh, birth rate. Um, if they extrapolate this out, the number of births a woman would give uh, 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 ch children and women would give birth to in their lifetime would be one point six three seven. And that's versus a replacement rate of 2.1. It's also the lowest uh, birth rate in uh, you know, history since the company, since the country has been you know, ke uh, keeping these statistics in, in 1930. And some other interesting stats is you know you look at um, you know what's happening you know with the uh, the pandemic and you know really it, it, the pandemic should have only hit the December you know birth rates. And you look at those specifically; those were down 7.7 percent. So certainly a little bit worse than the down four. Uh, but still, this seems like it's more of a cultural issue, more of a general, generational issue. Um, what's interesting also is you look at some of the other uh, countries around the world and what's happened with their birth rates in uh, December. And you know, Italy is down 21 percent. A number of uh, you know, sort of large countries you know, had it down high teens in the, in the 20 percent you know, range. And so, you know, I think when the pandemic hit, people were, um, you know, didn't know whether this was going to give rise to. Uh, you know, baby boomer, baby bust. I think that question has been answered. It's 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 a baby bust, and um, you know, I think there's going to be little that's going to you know change that as far as the government promising you know larger child tax credits. Biden administration talking about you know larger tax credits, larger child care subsidies, you know those type of things. You look at what what happens when those take place, and you know other countries like in Northern Europe. I mean, those uh, you know birth rates continue to to, to fall um, and uh, you know well below where they are in, in the U.S. have been for some time and in countries like Germany and, and, and various places in 
in, in, in Northern Europe. So it does seem like to be more of a, of a cultural thing. But I thought that 1.637, um, you know, birth rate, you know, it's pretty, pretty shocking. And uh, in, in, especially in the context of reduced, you know, volume of, uh, you know, immigration, uh, you know, coming into the U.S. Um, you know, for the past, you know, few years. And, you know, the reason this matters for CPG, I mean, CPG is, is an unusual um, industry in that, uh, you know, the, what is consumed has more to do with, um, you know, population and the number of people. You think about, you know, what, what you know, CPG, consumer packaged goods are. It's uh, a lot of food, a lot of beverages, um, you know, cosmetics, uh, you know, personal care products, um, you know, toiletries, you know, things of that nature, soaps, you know, a lot of things that are just really just sort of scales with population much more so than with uh, income or, or with, you know, economic, you know, growth rates. I think, um, you know, uh, parents buy paper towels and, and diapers, whether the stock market was up 300 points today or, or down 300 points today. Um, and, and so this is, you know, really sort of speaks to, you know, if you, if you were to project out, you know, revenue growth for, you know, these companies, you know, you would have to think, well, maybe they really only are one or two percent, you know, growers, you know, per year, if you sort of think of the U.S. population as growing, you know, less than one percent. And that includes, you know, immigration with the potential that that could, you know, de decline. Um, so it's big implications for, I think, CPG companies and big implications for transportation industry as well. Um, one of the interesting, you know, stats I've seen over the years is the, you know, comparing the, um, the tonnage, the freight tonnage that's, you know, moved, uh, you know, and, and you compare that to uh, the number of, of peoples or the population, and it's remarkably consistent where the, the tonnage per capita that's moved is, um, you know, tends to be pretty stable and, and it tends not to be, you know, for that reason, to, uh, a fast growth area. I mean, the, the sectors of the economy that tend to grow, uh, you know, faster than population, you know, are things like services. They are things like technology that, um, you know, either, you know, don't require a lot of freight, require very little freight, uh, things that can be miniaturized. Um, you know, but CPG to a large extent, um, you know, grows sort of with the population. So that's something to, to keep an eye on, you know, as we see, um, you know, the, the, the following months, you know, come out. Another interesting stat I saw in this was the, the Brookings Institution estimates that 300,000 fewer babies will be born in 2021 as a result of the pandemic um, and, and, you know, compared to, to 2020. So that, you know, take, really takes a bite out of, you know, companies that uh, produce things like, you know, diapers and, and, and wipes, you know, today and, and then, you know, later on, you know, those, those become consumers of, of, of other things, of course. Um, sort of sticking on this topic, uh, you know, the Honest Company uh, went public on, on Wednesday. I've talked about the Honest Company before and written about them. They're the company that was founded 10 years ago by actress Jessica Alba. And I think this is an interesting one uh, because they um, are, are taking, you know, such, and there she is there, you know, what's, what's interesting about this company is they, they've taken such uh, an approach where, um, you know, a lot of these products that they sell are made by you know much larger uh, you know companies you know companies like Procter and Gamble, Kimberly Clark. They're not going to be able to compete with those companies on price, but they've taken the approach that they can offer you know a premium product in those spaces that be, you know by way of you know not having chemicals, you know not having a lot of, of, of sort of harmful you know things to the environment, you know those those type of things. Um, the company started out with you know diapers and wipes, going into other things, but the you know, company went public on on Wednesday. I I, I had talked about their their S1 filing, um, you know, a little while ago, 
Uh, but uh, it went up 44% in the first day. So a really nice, you know, bounce. I think, you know, most investment bankers tend to, you know, if, if you want to be suspicious, underprice uh, where they think it's it's really going to trade by 10, 15, 20%. And so you typically see that that 10 to 20% bounce. So it bounced 44% the first day. It has since retreated. Uh, but it's still up, um, you know, I think about 18 or 19% for the week. So it, it opened at $16, traded up uh, to, I think, 23 and it's back to 19, but still up, you know, $3 for, for the week. And I think this is going to be an interesting one to follow um, because I think it's going to test the market for, uh, you know, the, the premium products, you know, in the, in the, in the CPG space. Um, you know, the company claims that its category is growing uh, 9 to 10%, you know, per year. Which is 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 high when you you know think about some of those uh, you know population growth rates, which I was just talking about, which are not really high, and, and that's sort of what you see when you look at uh, the you know the, the Procter and Gamble's of the world and and those categories of you know baby products. Those are only growing one or two percent per year, and you know some of that is some of that is price. Um, so you know I think it's, it's, it tests the size of that market, and I think. It, it, it tests the the um, you know the, the the capital markets to um, you know how much do, do they are they really going to you know pay a premium for uh, securities that they view as as being you know higher growth you know sectors within you know within CPG you know there's some question of, of how much you know share you know they can take or is it just you know are there's really good product or there's just a function of this is a celebrity that has an absolutely huge you know following but you know coming down the pipeline here we are going to see some other you know IPOs that I think are going to be interesting uh, Oatly is the maker of, of oat milk um, that you can now uh, try for yourself at your local Starbucks um, you know they have a partnership now with Starbucks uh, and you see their their advertising uh, it has a lot of these sort of edgy you know ads um, and uh, sort of get your attention but so so oat milk um, you know is fast becoming at least the the quickest, the the largest sort of synthetic milk, if you want to call it that, there you know just just below you know almond milk in, in terms of uh, you know plant grown you know sort of milk alternatives, um, but with their you know extra capital you know could, could easily um, you know see growth there, and then Impossible Foods you know may go public um, you know later this year, which uh, you know is, is a company that you know I'm interested in. I think they have a better product than you know Beyond uh, Meat, which um, you know I see is down. Uh, about seven percent today. They reported earnings, uh, you know, last night, and I can talk about you know that, um, you know, if we have time. Um, so, so you know, keep an eye out for oat milk and Impossible Foods, um, and you know, with with that is is a little bit of uh, kind of you know on the theme of Mother's Day. Um, I think I'll switch gears a little bit and talk about a report that spent um, you know most of the last you know two days, probably Wednesday and Thursday, you know, drafting up. Uh, went out for the to the passport research group. Um, People subscribe subscribe to passports. Uh, it, it went out, uh, you know, yet last night, um, and I titled the the report, you know, trucking when the economy sizzles, which uh, you know, there's the report there. Um, you know, if you want a copy of it, um, you know, let me know. I'll send it to you. This is um, you know, sort of, sort of my pers- perspective is, you know, the economy, you know, is getting overheated. I you know, I think the a lot of the you know, people in Washington D.C. are saying no. It's 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 not. You know, don't be concerned about inflation. Um, not sure what they're looking at, really. I I, I think that in, inflation um, is pretty widespread. Is very widespread. Uh, it's it seems to be hitting you know lots of you know imp, in, in, inputs in, in various goods. It's hitting you know manufacturing. You know, it's it's hitting you know packaging, hitting transportation costs, hitting labor. You know, the price of lumber is skyrocketed. The price of steel is skyrocketed. The price of resin is skyrocketed. The, the, the price of all these agriculture commodities—corn, soybeans, 
wheat, all of these things are, are rising in prices and they're going to find their way, you know, into consumers. And so I, I you know, I'm sort of a believer that, uh, you know, the government um, has been sort of way too generous with these stimulus packages and with keeping um, you know, interest rates, you know, at or near zero for way too long. And, and I think it's just going to end up, um, you know, uh, people, some people are going to lose ground to, to, to inflation, un- unfortunately. But, you know, with that as sort of, you know, my sort of macro thought, um, you know, I talked a lot about the, the, the trucking market sort of from, from the perspective of the, of the asset carriers. And I know a lot of the people who watch the show, it's really sort of targeted to the CPG companies. So um, sort of looking at, at it from the other team's, you know, playbook, um, you know, but but think, you know, in the context of this, you know, very strong, uh, you know, economy that's that's maybe overheated, you know, the, the, the trucking companies, I talked about how their, you know, rates are, are, are rising, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, look at the overall, you know, spot rates, you know, not only are the spot rates, you know, higher, um, but there's also a lot more spot volume. Uh, this chart that you're looking at there is the, the operating ratio for the, the dry van companies in uh, in blue, so things that don't need to be refrigerated, uh, you know, the, those the operating ratio. So that's one minus the operating margin. Uh, so lower is is better from the perspective of the, of, of the carriers. Um, a lower operating ratio with a higher margin, and uh, in in orange the operating ratio for the refrigerated companies. And so basically the both the the margins of both the dry van companies and the refrigerating companies have improved. Their operating ratios have come down. And so for all the, the um, cost pressure that the trucking companies are having with paying drivers more, with paying you know, higher insurance costs, with paying higher fueling costs, with all of the freight imbalances that the trucking companies have to deal with, which are more than you know, they typically would be, these companies are still earning higher, higher margins. Um, and so you know, if I'm a, a CPG shipper, you know, I need to, um, you know, sort of understand that it's it's a carrier's market right now, and you know, have to, you know, do what I can to make myself a preferred, uh, you know, a preferred uh, you know, shipper. And you know, this chart I think is an illustration of of that. So this is, um, you know, the, the trend here is is down. So these are em- this is the empty mile percentage. So it, you know, if you if you run a hundred miles and 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 ninety of them are loaded, and and ten of them are are empty because you have to go out of route. That would be a um, you know ten percent you know empty mile percentage. So you want this to be to be lower, and you know it has come down, and it has come down because the the carriers because it is a carriers market the carriers can accept you know freight that's advantageous to them, which is you know to a large extent freight that um, is not going to force them to go you know out of route. So they um, you know for instance you know they 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 go to Chicago, Chicago is what's what's considered a headhaul market because more freight comes out of Chicago, then goes into Chicago, it's a hub city, you know, it's easy to get reloaded there. So the, the, the loads that are going, say, inbound to Chicago are relatively easy to get a truck, to get a truck who's willing to go to Chicago because it's a big, you know, city that's easy to get reloaded, but um, carriers are much less willing to go to, you know, a city where it's, it's more difficult. And what we've seen with our, you know, uh, tender rejection data in, in Sonar is the tightest freight markets, the, the markets where the, the shippers have the hardest time you know, getting a truck are, are a lot of the smaller you know, markets. Um, so places like you know, Fayetteville or, or Tulsa or um, you know, Jefferson City or some of these smaller markets. And, and it's, it's relatively easy to get, get a truck in Los Angeles or Chicago because you know, carriers are willing to go there. They're not willing to go you know, very far, far out of route. They're willing to, they want to stay in sort of those dense freight corridors where um, you know, could potentially have you know, head haul freight, you know, on, on both sides. Um, 
and so uh, you know, in, so in addition to there being a lot of in, inflation in rates, which which there is, and, and we got some more detail on that, you know, this week, uh, Hub Group, uh, the big uh, intermodal domestic uh, you know, intermodal company, um, is, said that their uh, contract renewals are up, you know, ten percent, you know, plus, you know, year over year, and 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 so so a lot of those those contracts that um, you know you know, had been maybe a, not priced high enough to reflect the current, uh, you know, market are starting to, 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 to turn over and, you know, get priced at, at, at much higher rates. Um, you know, we've seen that in the trucking, you know, market as well, where some of the large publicly traded trucking companies are saying that their rates are up, uh, you know, double digits, you know, also. So, um, you know, I think it's a difficult situation for uh, refrigerated, uh, you know, shippers, which includes a lot of the CPG companies. I mean, a lot of consumer packaged goods are things like food or, or ice cream or, or, or things that, that you, or even cosmetics that, that need to have, you know, temperature controls. And one of the patterns we've seen is a higher tender rejection rate for, uh, you know, on load, on refrigerated loads than on your know, drive in loads. Drive in tender rejection rate is about 25%. So carriers are rejecting about one out of four. Uh, you know, tendered uh, loads to them. Um, you know, in uh, for refrigerated, it's a, it's about you know 40 percent. So it's so it's it's certainly it's, it's certainly higher. So difficult uh, time to be a, a shipper and um, in the CPG industry, and it's also you know difficult for those that uh, deal with uh, chicken. I saw um, probably saw the article that came out this you know today. You know, chicken prices are. Rising um, you know, significantly, you know, Wingstop reported paying 26% more for bone in uh, chicken wings. Uh, those look good, um, you know, down there. But they might be, you know, more difficult to, to find. Some of the smaller and uh, you know, mid-sized chains are reporting, you know, not getting the type of you know, chicken tenders they need. Sort of stocking out completely. And, and the larger chains like a Wingstop, that's you know, nationwide, they're paying you know quite a bit more. So you probably probably see that. Um, you know, tacked on to you know, in higher prices on, on, on your bill. I can sort of quantify this in a couple of different ways here. You know, boneless chicken breast trading at $2.04 a pound. The average the last decade is $1.32. So about 54% higher than, uh, you know, what's typical. And, you know, people are blaming this on this sort of silly fad of fast food restaurants offering more, you know, chicken sandwiches, which I guess have, you know, their, their audience, um, all these fast food restaurants have rolled out, you know, chicken sandwiches, but it's, it's probably a scapegoat. It's probably, you know, the fact that, you know, you're seeing you know, shortages of, of lots of, you know, different, um, you know, types of food, you know, higher prices for feed, you know, those companies are having a hard time, you know, getting the, the, the workers they need, um, you know, with the, you know, sort of labor shortage. Um, so having lots of problems sort of throughout, um, you know, the supply chain, I'm not sure we should blame the fast food companies for offering, uh, chicken sandwiches. Uh, next topic here is uh, you know penalties from retailers, and we're starting to see these crop up. There was this uh, article that came across, you know, on on that um, that I thought was uh, you know interesting, and you know a lot of these big retailers like Walmart, um, you know, telling suppliers that they require, require orders to be you know ninety percent full and on time, and and that they're starting to, to charge you know a penalty. The suppliers that wouldn't charge would you know be charged three percent of the cost of the missing items. I mean, it's it's really I think the the retailers that have a lot of clout that were able to, to to do this and 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 those you know some of the, some of those rules were outlined sort of last year and are just just did go into effect in in, in April and, and now we're having a, a difficult um, you know causing CPG shippers to have a difficult time so CPG companies are sort of getting hit from you know, from from a lot of different angles you know it, 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 you know their their input costs are rising and, and then dealing with the retailers 
uh, can be um, you know, a challenge you know, in and of itself. Um, you know, move on to the next topic. I mean, one of the companies that I you know, followed their, their earnings closely was, was Clorox. Uh, so, so Clorox uh, wrote a new uh, CPG newsletter you know, on this, um, which if you're not subscribed to that, you can go to freightwaves.com forward slash the stock out and, and, and sign up for this. But sort of the, the, the main sort of takeaway from, from Clorox um, there's some Clorox uh, cleaning uh, products on the screen there, is that uh, they, you know, the demand has really picked up since the pandemic hit. You know, people have been doing a better job cleaning their house, you know, cleaning their offices. I know we've done that at, at Freight Waves. They've asked people to stay out of the office so they can, you know, deep clean it you know, and, and so forth. And so they've raised, um, you know, their production capacity quite a lot, um, you know, using some, you know, ex- exter- external uh, manufacturing as well, so really ramped up. You know the number of you know wipes that they're they're selling these disinfectant wipes that are one of the, the main sort of cleaning products. And um, you know for, for, from from there, it's not clear if the demand for those products is going to stay elevated. At least it looks like it is so far. Where some of this might be one of the habits that that sort of dies hard that we picked up. You know during the recession, uh, but the company um, you know is is getting its margins squeezed. That's actually its margins were you know, contracted three hundred and twenty basis points in the just reported fiscal third quarter. And so that's been driven by increased manufacturing costs, higher input costs, higher logistics costs, higher packaging costs, all of those things that are just sort of, we're becoming so used to um, you know, in the CPG um, you know, world. And what's different about Clorox is it doesn't feel like it can you know, really raise prices a whole lot on you know, some of those cleaning products, some of those disinfecting products because it, it believes that um, you know if it, if it if it does that it's gonna you know become the next you know you know, you know Twitter um, you know, enemy because you know enemy on Twitter because they they gouge prices during a pandemic I don't see it that way um, I think that if they were to raise prices it would be very much um, you know in line with uh, you know the, the input costs that are rising and and actually very consistent with um, you know, similar CPG companies that use a lot of those same inputs. Like one of the inputs that they use that's really shot up in price is resin. Now, resin um, you know, gets used in a lot of plastics, and and, and for for Clorox gets used in uh, you know the, the Glad uh, you know garbage bags, and so it gets gets used in a lot of you know uh, you know plastic type products. It, it also gets used you know heavily by you know companies like Procter and Gamble and, and Kimberly Clark and products like. Uh, you know, diapers, you know, things with plastics, and, and that was also you know impacted by the the winter storm, which took a lot of the um, the plants offline that are located close to the to the Gulf to the Gulf Coast, um, and and so those prices are rising significantly. And and you have seen those other companies, you know, Procter and Gamble and Kimberly Clark, announce you know significant price increases. I mean, they've said they're 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 going to raise prices, you know, depending on products, you know, mid single digits to high to high single digits. Starting, I think Kimberly, Kimberly Clark said in in July, and Procter and Gamble said in in, in September. So, um, you know, you buy your your baby products and personal care products now; they're going to go up in price. Um, you know, but uh, you know, with with there, they don't have sort of the, the the pressure that okay, well, you're you're gouging on those things during um, you know during a pandemic because they aren't quite as associated with uh, you know cleaning and disinfecting and, and and those things. So, Clorox is in a little bit of, of a tough of a tough spot where they have to manage. Um, the the public perception, um, in addition to uh, in, investors, you know, expectations. So, you know, very difficult um, you know, position to be in for um, large uh, publicly traded uh, you know, company. 
Um, the last company I'll talk about uh, today is is one that I think is is always interesting. Uh, you know, Beyond Meat. I've talked about them before. So this is a publicly traded uh, fake meat uh, seller, if you want to call it that. You know, there, there's you know burger there that um, you know the idea with that uh, you know advertising is that you are supposed to want to eat that and um, you know, eat it not because it's good for you, not because uh, it's good for the environment, but because you want to eat it. So they're, they're, they're attracting the, 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 the meat eaters uh, among us. And, uh, you know, shares were down today um, about 7%. Uh, company lost 42 cents a share in uh, the, the quarter they just reported. I think the, the consensus uh, was that they were going to lose 21 cents. And a year ago, they actually eked out a profit of uh, 6 cents. And they're blaming, uh, you know, a lot of this on the recovery. They described it, described it as sort of a thaw, you know, out of uh, out of the pandemic. Um, of course, a year ago, you know, people went to the store and uh, they stocked up on on food. And um, you know, there were shortages of, of of meat. And I think that you know, maybe there was some spillover effect where you know people were buying, you know, whatever was left on the shelf. If you know, I've never bought a garden burger burger before, but you know, if that's all that's that's left. Uh, if people are clearing, you know, store shelves, well, that, that's what I guess I'll, I'll, I'll buy. And, 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 you know, some of those people like those, those things and uh, we'll continue, continue with it. Um, but, uh, you know, now they're facing this difficult, this, this difficult comp of, you know, of course the, um, you know, restaurants are still sort of closed. They do have a lot of partnerships, you know, with, with those, with those restaurants. But I really think sort of the, the reason the stock was down wasn't even the, the, the wasn't the earnings loss. I think it was the revenue growth rate, which, you know, this company had been growing, posting in recent quarters, you know, growth of 100% or 90%, just, just some of these really you know, tremendous growth rates. And, you know, that was only, it was only 11.4% in the quarter, which, you know, for a company trading at a very high, you know, multiple of, of, of revenue, um, you know, I think that was, I think that was disappointing. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's also a high, you know, typically a high short interest, you know, in the stock, often above 25%. And I think some of that is just, you know, there's sort of a lack of consensus of, of whether this is going to be, uh, you know, the, the beyond, um, you know, meat is, is going to be a, a, a product that's, that's really, um, you know, sustainable from a sales, you know, standpoint. Um, and there's lots of competition with, uh, you know, impossible, you know, uh, uh, foods and from all those also these other uh, big established companies, you know, one of which is Tyson, and uh, we'll hear more about that, I believe, uh, when Tyson uh, reports earnings on Monday. So, uh, with that um, rundown of uh, the CPG, you know, industry, um, I think that's all we have time for. If uh, you know you'd like to sign up for the Stockout newsletter, please go to www.freightwaves.com forward slash the Stockout. And feel free to reach out to me at mbowdendistal at freightwaves.com. And hope everyone has a great weekend and a great uh, Mother's Day.